Welcome to our March 14th worship service from North Coast United Methodist Church. As we continue to go on our Lenten journey, we look for the mysteries that God is willing to reveal to us through His amazing love. I do not at all understand the mystery of grace, only that it meets us where we are, but does not leave us where it found us. As we celebrate the ways that God's love transforms our lives, I pray that you are blessed through this service. Amen. Please join together and call for worship. Give thanks and rejoice in mercy and grace. Proclaim God's amazing love. Walk in the light. Live in this love, redeemed and reclaimed life in the spirit of love. Let's have the kids come together for children's time. Today, we are going to look at a very blessed promise that God is the light of the world. God's light is a light that cuts through the darkness and makes things possible. Now, I don't know about you, but when I was a child, I my room would get very dark. And, and when I was a child, I was very much afraid of the dark because of that. And because that my room was so dark, it, it I and I was so worried, it made it hard for me to rest and sleep in my room. And I finally had to get a nightlight. And 
I remember when I was growing up, there used to be this kid's show. It was all these giant uh, stuffed puppets that were in a, a rock band called the Banana Splits. And I had a Banana Splits nightlight. And one of the things I really love and, and cherish and remember about that nightlight is it gave me a little bit of light so I could see what's really there when I was in this dark room that used to make things scary for me. I know in our lives that there's a lot of things that we get scared of. And sometimes it just takes a moment for us to find a light to focus on so we can see what's really there so we can understand it and we can live with it and we can grow through it. A lot of our fears and misunderstandings and worries comes from places that we just don't know what's going on. And sometimes we need to have a light somewhere that's shining as an answer that can help us find places of peace and comfort and then we don't have to be worried because we have a light to focus on that shows us that everything is okay. Now our lights look different. It may not be a banana splits light, night light, but it may be a pastor that shares something in children's time. It could be our mom and dads that we know that are there to take care of us and comfort us. Our aunts, our uncles, our grandmothers, our grandfathers, our guardians and caregivers that are there to help us understand the things that make us worry. There's so many different ways that the light of Jesus Christ shines in our lives. And Jesus Christ puts some very wonderful and beautiful people in our lives. God provides us with all of these caregivers so that when we're in these moments of not understanding, we can have people who can shine a light of knowledge and hope to make it more understandable, and easier to contend with. For all the places that you feel like that you are worried and you don't understand, I pray that you have the ability to find the person that you can turn and talk to so that you can learn how to deal with what's happening and hopefully also learn to where to look for to see a light that will help you get to a more comfortable side of all of your worries. May the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. God is love. Amen. Thank you.
Let's join together in our prayer of giving. God of steadfast love and never-ending grace, thank you for your gifts of love and grace. Bless these gifts we return to you now, that they may be a taste of eternity and a promise of a new life through the ministries of this church. In Christ's holy name we pray. Amen.
Let's join together in our words of assurance. God did not send Jesus to condemn the world, but to bring us salvation and grace. Behold the steadfast love that endures forever. In this love we are forgiven and redeemed by God. Amen. Our scripture today is John 3:16 through 21. New International Version. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not, believe, does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of the light. Because their deeds were evil, everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that if it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. Amen. Let's join together in prayer. Precious and loving God, we thank you for all the many and varying ways that you open doors for us. Precious God, we thank you for the presence of your grace and what your grace makes possible. We thank you for loving us so much that you joined us and loving us so much that you came to bring us hope. Today, as we work our way through this sermon, we ask for your holy and divine presence to carry us through. In your son's precious name, I pray. Amen. We're continuing our Lenten journey, and what a, a blessing we have today to move into this scripture. As we begin to look at the promise that God gave to us, and as we begin to lay out that promise through the Bible verse that everyone knows. They may not know or be able to quote the verse, but anybody that's ever watched a professional football game has seen the guy standing behind the, the, the goalpost with the rainbow wig and the sign saying John 3.16. Everybody knows John 3.16 is a Bible verse, whether or not that they can quote it. But what a very powerful Bible verse to know of. Today, I want to look at it, and I want to look specifically at the verses of John 3.16 and John 3.17. As we celebrate God who came to take care of the one problem, the one issue we could not take care of our own, and also do it in such a way that it opens the table of grace for all to find their place in it. Let's look at it, and I'll recite both verses for you, John 3.16 and John 3.17. I very, very rarely ever just say John 3.16, 
because I feel equally John 3.17 doesn't just add to the message. It, it fully enriches the intent of God's gift. John 3.16 and John 3.17 shares, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent his Son into the world not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. I want us to look at that together. There are some key phrases that I want to pull out. I want to hash out with you today and talk about what it means. What it means for us as individuals to have a promise such as this. When we truly hash out the phrases and hash out who this gift is for, the many doors that open up for us to go out, to live out that Matthew call to go into all nations. Who is this for? And then the promise of the transformation. So let's look at it, what it means for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, and as we work through this opening part of dissecting the scripture, I want to replace the words all and whosoever with our own names. I want us to realize that this promise that has come through the fulfillment of the actions of Jesus Christ is for you, and it's yours. And there is a powerful reality that comes from having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, having something that was done for us. And if we were the only individuals that existed, it would have been done just for us. I want to look at it again. And, and as I go through this scripture, everywhere that I talk about the whosoevers and the alls, I want you to put your name in that spot. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, and insert your name there, believes in him, should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent his son into the world, not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So John 3, 17, replace the word world with your name. There's a power that comes through the reality that this is something that God did for each of us individually putting on flesh, becoming Jesus Christ, coming to experience the needs, the emotions, the fears, the worries, the celebrations, the laughter, the joy, the songs, the community. Jesus Christ came to have a full and whole experience as shared in the book of Philippians, making himself in the image of man, even to the extent of death death on the cross. God putting on flesh to have the full experience of living humanity so that he can understand the times that we get on our needs in, in an altar in a prayer room, much like the one I'm standing in now, and with tear-filled prayers asking God for help and assistance, God understands those feelings because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that 
whosoever, insert your name here, should not perish but have everlasting life. Being here in a living experience to understand why Michael Drew Davis cries, why, insert your name here, is spirits' joy and laughter. All of those things, God having that full enriched experience because God wants to have a personal interaction with us. Even to the point of crying, take this cup away from me on the Mount of Gethsemane. And even to the point of suffering the pain and death that leads to a resurrection that we will be celebrating on Easter. When I think about the personal relationship that we have with God, there is some empowerment that comes with that. In, in earlier scripture, we shared that we are heirs to the kingdom, that we are the brothers and the sisters of Jesus Christ, and so we are also heirs to the kingdom of God. If you've been participating with us in our Wednesday Bible study, and we, we went through this conversation of Jesus's relationships, one of the things that we really deeply looked at is our family relationship with Jesus Christ. Understanding that Christ's actions would develop a family between us and the Father through the actions of our brother. So, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, insert your name here, should not perish but have everlasting life. The empowerment that that is for you empowers us to do what we need to do as the hands and feet of Jesus Christ as we also begin to look at this scripture in the second level of it. The beauty of the salva of salvation and the beauty of having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ is our religious faith is something that we proclaim individually, but we celebrate collectively. And as we realize, yes, we have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, but when we look at the words for whosoever believes in him, and we hear the words in John 3, 17, the world, we begin to realize that there is this life-changing opportunity that's open for one and all, no matter if they love differently, look differently, listen to different music than we do, no matter the differences that exist within ourselves, they may like the sports team that we dislike, but there is still a place in the kingdom for all, for the whosoevers. As we celebrate the personal relationship of Jesus Christ, we also have to celebrate how we become the hands and feet of Jesus Christ that makes that relationship possible for others. And now as we hear the scripture once again, as we hear the whosoevers in the worlds, we realize it's not just our brothers and sisters, but it's also the ones that we have a hard time communicating with. It's the ones that, that experience living in such a way that we don't understand. And it becomes this communal bond that even within differences, there is a common point through the actions of grace that come through Jesus Christ. Let's look at it again. For God so loved the world, everyone, 
that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, all of the differences, all of the different viewpoints, all of the different feelings, all of the different emotional connections, all the different skin complexions and, and different relationship loves, all of the differences for whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now here's the kicker. Because this is where that John 3.17 becomes crucially important. Because if we begin to look at John 3.16 in the eyes of a communal love, John 3.17 hits a point that's crucial. John 3.16 works really well alone when it's just about us. For God so loved the world, you, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever you believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. John 3.16 can exist alone in an individualized point of view. But when you move into John 3.17, it is a challenge and a push to look at the greater creation and to see that all creation has a place in the message. Here it comes. For God sent his Son in the world not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. It's that phrase, not to condemn the world. When we live in an individualized focus of faith, which is important, we find our emotional empowerment to interact with God when we realize that we have an individualized relationship. But when we hear this phrase, not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. We have to sit outside of our personal perspectives, our personal understandings, our personal points of view, our personal desires. We have to step out of those things to find the common ground of grace so that we are going out and we are sharing the grace of the kingdom, the reality that everyone has a place at the table of grace, because even Jesus Christ did not come to the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. How different does the world begin to look when that we, one, do celebrate our personal relationships with Jesus Christ, but then two, realize that that is not a message to be attained within ourselves, but to share with other people. You know, as I, as I utter that phrasing, I once again go back to Paul's writing to the church of Philippi, and he says in that scripture that God saw, that Christ saw his king godly nature, not as a personal benefit. So he humbled himself to the image of man, even to the point of death, death on a cross. See, even Jesus Christ realized that he had the personal benefits of being connected to the deity of God, but even Jesus Christ sets aside the personal benefits for the betterment of the greater world. When we begin to add on, to remember John 3, 17, that God sent his son in the world not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. There is a challenge 
There is a challenge. There is a motivation. There is a desire as the hands and feet of Jesus Christ to go out, to serve, to live, and to provide for everyone. The ones that have problems we don't like, the ones that have problems that we are afraid of, the ones who we don't understand. It doesn't say that we need to all agree. It says that Jesus Christ came for all. And when we can begin to sit at the table of grace, even within our differences, and we can celebrate the power of the common love of Jesus Christ, then freedom comes. I already laid out the breakdown of the sermon. The first way we looked at it is the personal benefits, which are good as long as we don't only look there. We looked at the communal necessity that opens grace for one and all. So the last section is what does that mean? If we truly begin to realize that Christ died for me, Christ died for the entire world, and it is my responsibility to become the hands and feet of Jesus Christ and not to condemn the world, how does that change the way our church looks? We begin to be a place that's not exclusive. We don't ask people who they love when they walk through the doors, and we don't ask people to leave when they're holding hands with who they love when they walk through the doors. We don't look at skin complexions and make sure that everybody looks the same in our sanctuaries. We put a lot of differences aside, and we actually begin to celebrate the differences. We begin to become a community that has this diverse rainbow of beings that truly celebrates what the kingdom of God is going to look like. When we realize that Jesus Christ died to save the sins for one and all, that Jesus Christ came to share grace and not condemnation, we begin to see the reality that even the person that we're afraid of is a beloved creature of God. And when we can do that, when we can find the ways to communally have conversations and to find commonness between each other, we begin to make a place that is truly being what it's supposed to be. The church should be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ, taking care of the needs of the world and transforming the souls of the world to a reality of a kingdom that has no end. Amen. I want us to pray over that. I want us to pray over the blessings that Jesus Christ died for you. I want us to share the blessings, to experience the blessings of what it means that Jesus Christ died for all. I want us to experience and share the blessings of growth that comes from the willingness to begin to communicate and learn about and understand different cultures, different loves, different complexions, so that we can truly be open hearts, open doors, and open minds that the love of Jesus Christ can touch anyone. And then I want us to celebrate it. The communal love of God. The communal love that came not to condemn the world, 
but the world could find a connection of grace that's unending. I want us to hold that prayer this week. I want us to hear the whole verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent his son in the world not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. I want us to find that whole connection so that we can celebrate a whole love that can transform the world. May the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. God is love. Amen. As we've moved into our time of offering, we'd like to have the opportunity to get to know you. Please email us at ncumcinfo at gmail.com. And if you've been enjoying our services online, please email us. Please say hello. Again, that's ncumcinfo at gmail.com. And also, if you'd like to give to our church, please go to northcoastumc.org and click on the Give button. Again, that's northcoastumc.org and click on the Give button. Thank you for joining us. Let's join together in our prayer of giving. God of steadfast love and never-ending grace, thank you for your gifts of love and grace. Bless these gifts we return to you now, that they may be a taste of eternity and a promise of a new life through the ministries of this church. In Christ's holy name we pray. Amen.
Thank you again for joining us today, and I pray that Christ be real with you throughout this week as we continue our Lenten journeys. Let's join together in our closing benediction. Light has come to our world. We go forth as light for the world. Love has come to our lives. We go forth as love to the world. As we go forth each day, may the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. God is love. Amen.